Smith, welcoming each and every one of you into episode 36 of Justified Pursuit, alongside my good friend, counselor, co-host, Chisholm Cook. He does not look very good today. What is going on with you, man? Yeah, I feel like crap. Um, <laughs> I had to travel this week, so I could have the Delta variant. Uh, but we also have, cause you know, there's lots of other viruses and various diseases that can affect uh, a household, mm-hmm. a little something called hand, foot and mouth disease, uh, that has run through the house, starting with my soon to be five-year-old and then days later, my seven-year-old mm-hmm. and then even my 10-year-old that all started before my failed attempt to fly to St. Louis on Monday. I mean, if it's COVID, it's like as it's hitting me as early as it possibly could because I flew on Monday and today's Thursday, and I think four yeah. to five, four to six days is like the typical incubation period before you're symptomatic. Um, yeah. Well, my experience was exposed on Thanksgiving. That was a Thursday, and I started feeling like crap on Monday. So, who knows? Yeah. But I didn't think hand, foot, and mouth was like like adults really got that. It's very rare. Uh, it's usually something that young kids get. Mm-hmm. Um, you're correct about that. But uh, one of the guys that works for me, his teenage son picked it up in jujitsu a few years ago, and he ended up getting it. And dude, he had little red blisters all over his hands for weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, they weren't there. There was like a, a week there where he was contagious and then they were healing, but it knocked the crap out of him. So it's definitely possible. That's mm. what it is. I don't have a fever. I just like every inch of my body aches. That sounds very goody. The, the very early. I got a weird headache COVID, that's so. kind of coming on too. Yeah, aches and headaches. Mm. Well, the good news is you're not going to hey. die. And then you'll be immune. Doesn't to it? <laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't have to get the <laughs> stupid shots. Uh, yeah, I mean Which we weren't doing anyway. It, so. Maybe it's finally Uh-oh. come for me after uh, mocking it for 14 or 15 months. I guess I'll deserve it. But we'll I, don't, I mean, I don't know that we really mocked it as we were just the some people with a little bit of sense saying, hey, this thing isn't killing people our age by and large. Like, if you get it, you're probably going to be OK. You know, now, if you're yeah, 75 like and you get it, well, eh, fingers crossed for you. Um you mentioned the Delta variant. I, I had that in the show notes for today, which, oh, by the way, I have a sore throat. So there's still other shit out there that makes people hurt. Uh, woke up the last two We days. were both sick just the other day. Both of us yeah. on like episode and, 30 uh, or something. Going like back that. to kids, yeah. there's four in your house, three in this house, and they're bringing all. Yep. They were at VBS this week, vacation Bible school, and who knows? They could have. But kids don't really say, oh, my throat hurts. You know, they just kind of go on about their life and let's just really, really bothering them. Like adults like to bitch about everything. I think kids are pretty resilient. Um, but the Delta variant, I was reading about that. And, and just like when I went to Africa in February and there was this other variants, but like people like don't travel to South Africa. I was like, I'm going to South Africa. I'm going hunting, doing it. You know, I'm, I've already had COVID at that point, only a couple months prior. So I felt pretty comfortable. Um, but I think these variants are all just hogwash. Like if you've already had COVID, 
I don't think you're more susceptible. I'm not a doctor, but it doesn't make any sense to me why you would just be all of a sudden susceptible to a different strain of it. You know, it's fear mongering um, for us to all get vaccinated is what it is. That's right. They tell us that you have to be super scared of the new variant, but don't worry about it because the vaccine still works. It's like, right. so how different the is it? Vaccine was um, de- developed before the variant existed. So, right. <laughs> I, dude, I, I agree. I mean, uh, I, I think that even the naming convention, you know, they were calling them like very uh, technical sounding, the A1 blah, 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 you know, like acronym type numerical you know naming conventions early on and now it's the delta variant sounds like the delta force that's coming to freaking snipe you in the middle of the night Mm yeah i say that as i may be succumbing to it as we speak but (laughs) (laughs) the irony is not lost on me see um so i told you again i think we've said this before but but common common understanding of the evolution of a virus is that they generally actually weaken. Mm. They might learn they, they, they can become, they can evolve to spread more readily. That would be the expected course of evolution because the whole goal, like any species, any, you know, living organism is to propagate. Right. Right. So they can't even, and they're saying nobody's saying it's more deadly. I don't know if you noticed that, but I've never seen any, nobody talks about dying from this virus anymore, period. That's it's all cases thing. and it has been since last june right yeah they're not saying that it's more deadly or even more harmful they're saying that it's more contagious that yeah. it'll spread so be afraid that anywhere you go you might catch it so to your you know i, I, I guess in that 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 would be in line with what you would expect that it might evolve to spread more rapidly but that doesn't mean it's going to evolve to be more deadly in fact that means the opposite because if the virus kills the host then the virus doesn't pass on to the next host as readily so it mm-hmm. undermines its own you know, existence by becoming more deadly anyway. Right. Right. No, that makes sense. Uh, in like a scientific kind of way. So, yeah. um, but what was I going to mention about, um, oh yeah. So my doctor, so we've been talking a lot about ivermectin and I had a three month, uh, checkup for my testosterone levels. And so, you know, I take the testosterone supplement and, Sometimes I do it myself, but I'd rather my wife do it because I don't like sticking a needle in my ass. Um, it's not my thing. But and, and one time Chisholm and I, God bless him, he asked me to stick a needle in his ass on an elk hunt. I was like, I'm sorry, that's that is that crosses the line of our friendship. Do it yourself. What kind of friend are you? <laughs> I said, No, I'm not doing that. Um, but anyway, how to get blood work done? And my doctor. He, he doesn't even do it. And he doesn't see patients in person and he's vaccinated. His wife's vaccinated. Their whole staff's vaccinated. So either they're just like gotten real lazy and realized we don't have to see patients anymore. And we can just do these telemedic appointment things. Or he's just scared to death. And um, so he sends me to this quest diagnostics place to get the blood work done. And we do our, our teleconference meeting. It's like, yeah, your blood works fine. How are you feeling? Testosterone, asthma. It's like, everything's fine. I want to, I would like for you to prescribe me some ivermectin because I'm going to Africa. And he goes, you still haven't been vaccinated. I was like, no, and I'm not going to get vaccinated. Um, he's like, that ivermectin is such a bunch of hogwash. We don't, we don't prescribe that in America. He's like, uh, that's like stuff. Third world countries do proceeds to tell me that if I don't get 
vaccinated before I go back to Africa in July that I'm risking my life. I'm like, Dr. Quo, you, you understand that I already had COVID, right? And I'm still here talking to you. So I'm really not afraid of, of getting it again. If I was to get it again, what I want you to do is give me some ivermectin, like the rest of the world that's not beholden to big pharmacy is doing. And he was like, I'm not doing it. And I was like, okay, I'll find someone that will. So nice. Just, just, uh, and, and this is my, my, my physician of 12 years, my whole adult life, really. This is who I've gone to. And here he is. Saying, I've asked you a couple of times. How old is the guy? Uh, I, prob- I would say 60 years old. He's fit. He rides horses and stuff. Like, but don't make any sense to me, man. Absolutely not. No ivermectin for me. Have you found somebody that will give it to you? Yeah. The guy that's going to Africa with me is, well, he's a, yeah, but I didn't want to call him and do, hey, can you do me a buddy favor? So then I called him today and he was like, no, I just have some at my house. You can have it. So. And why does he have it at his house, I wonder? Uh, because he's not an idiot. He reads. Because he thinks it he might reads. work to keep you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Speaking of all that, for anybody who thinks that I've been pulling shit out of my ass the last four episodes, please go to uh, your favorite podcast app or our website, justifiedpursuit.com. And uh, I now have basically everything updated that I was behind on. Um, I didn't add show notes to like our conversation with... Uh, Mr. Hunter, because, you know, he was sort of our source for everything going on in Canada. Right. But basically everything's up to date and all the way up to our last episode. Lots of great articles from all kinds of sources, including mainstream news organizations, um, uh, backing up basically everything we've we've been saying, um, actually. So the the sort of. The biggest conversation I had listened to on this ivermectin topic where I really got a lot of the back detail, I think I mentioned, was a, uh, a doctor, an actual MD. Man, one of the things I want to stress is that if you're seeing somebody on the news or, or, or wherever you're getting it, right, that has PhD by their name, mm-hmm. and they're telling you that ivermectin doesn't work or the vaccine is totally safe or whatever, F that guy or gal. Mm-hmm. Look to an like, MD. You talked about this. Uh, Ron Rivera brought in that girl. That's right. Exactly. It was like right. That that an expert, but she was no more of an expert than you or I. Dude, I got choked up talking to my wife about this yesterday because it, it frustrates me so bad. This group. So the the guy who I had listened to, he was on Brett Weinstein, the the Oregon professor with the whole right. backstory. Yeah. He was on his podcast, the Dark Horse podcast, talking about ivermectin. He's part of this uh, FLLC group, this group of doctors that's you know conspiring globally to try to get the message out on COVID on this. Uh, it's that COVID-19 critical care website that I referenced again. It's all in the show notes. Um, his name is Pierre Corey. Uh, that, that episode was stricken from YouTube since I heard it. So YouTube's taken him down wow. and they gave uh, Brett Weinstein his first of three strikes for it. They were <laughs> already the scheduled. Yeah. I had listened to a ro- an episode of the J- uh, Joe Rogan Experience, I think, last week, where he kind of just threw out there, like, off the cuff, as a matter of fact, how ivermectin's working, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I know he listened. I mean, he made Brett Weinstein famous, and I know he listens to his show and trusts him, right? So I, I knew where he was coming from. Anyway, yesterday, the episode of JRE that dropped, I think it's episode 1671, is uh, those two, Weinstein and Corey, having this conversation with joe 
and they were scheduled to come to Austin and do the show with him like three or four weeks from now. Mm-hmm. But once they got that video, once that video got removed, Joe flew him out and called it an emergency podcast. He was like, this is the first ever emergency podcast I've done because these two are getting censored and it's absolute crap. And anybody who wants to listen to two brilliant men and particularly one MD with decades now of experience treating lung conditions, talk about, I point out this MD versus PhD thing. It's so, this dude is a critical, he's an intensive care doctor and a lung specialist. Mm. He's literally been, on the front line of the battle against COVID-19 since day one, dude, working in intensive care units in New York city, man. So he's doctors figure shit out to treat people, right? Mm -hmm. Scientists run tests in controlled environments, double blind, placebo controlled, blah, 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 blah. Right. Doctors say, you know, this particular drug is known to have these cert- certain mechanisms that help with these certain conditions. I wonder if it'll work over here. And they give it to him and they see, oh, it works. He was sitting there saying that one of the, he had, he's, had, he's had one person willing to debate him on this. It was like two weeks ago. And he said that that person, their only r- real criticism that they could offer to the data that these guys present is, well, yeah, you have a whole bunch of data that indicates that you give this medicine to somebody and within a couple of days, they're feeling better. But that's just a correlation and correlation does not equal causation. And hmm. Weinstein chimes in and he's like, so that's a, if you've taken a so statistics if I class. six beers and I started to feel a little tipsy, that's just correlation? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm not connecting the dots here, man. It wasn't I mean, the if you're doing, that made me it, feel funny. In a science, so the only reason it's not is because it is a proven fact that alcohol does that, right? But if you're doing right. a scientific study, it's it's true. Anybody who's taken a statistics class knows that that is a standard mantra. Correlation does not prove causation, right? Mm-hmm. But Weinstein, Weinstein points out, when you're conducting a scientific study, you start with a hypothesis. I think X will cause Y. So then you, you know, conduct experiments where you, you know, impose X on whatever your subject is. And when Y happens, that becomes evidence that perhaps your hypothesis was correct. So these people, the other criticism they get, the other criticism they get is that they believe that there is a, because all of the publications regarding ivermectin are showing these great results. Mm -hmm. They're getting criticism that there may be a publication bias in the data. So that's another sort of standard uh, critique within the science realm is like, if you develop a drug, in a lab at a university. And it turns out the drug doesn't work. You're not very likely to publish that, right? Because what's the point? Yeah. So if your drug doesn't work, you don't publish the paper. Mm. That, 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 that seems fair, right? But that would be in more of an experimental context, right? This is a fight against a disease in real time that's been going on for 14 months, right? So Nobody's trying to prove, and, and it's a it's a of using the use of a drug that's forty years old that's no longer patented that's worth you know five bucks a box, right? right? So nobody's invested in whether or not the damn thing works or not, other than to save lives. So it's a completely bullshit critique to say that it's it's publication bias that's driving it. But furthermore, this guy Pierre Corey chimes in there and says most journals these days, most medical journals and places where these types of studies are published, they make you uh, basically sign an agreement. Like there's a two-step process to get published. 
if you're going to conduct a trial, you sign up before the trial for publication, and then you're basically stuck in doing it. That way, they don't that that they do that deliberately to eliminate the problem the problem of publication bias. Once mm-hmm. you've notified a journal, they make you notify them in advance. Then you're bound to submit the paper regardless of the outcome. So n- gotcha. none of the critiques are based in anything. Even the notion, and we've talked about this a couple times. I've been wanting to say this. And then we'll be done with ivermectin talk, guys. I promise. I'm going to well, take I, some. I want to reiterate that as I've, I've been to Africa and talked to real people taking the real drug ivermectin and they weren't getting sick. My pH still has not had COVID and he's having people from all over the world fly in working with I 40 people in this it is on his staff in a third world country and no one's getting sick. Did I, did I mention the guy that works for me who called his cousin in Mexico who was like, oh, yeah, you take it and two days later, you're better. Uh-huh. Did I mention that on, the, on one of these shows? So I think I've mentioned Mexico implemented a policy where you would drive up to a test clinic. And if you had a 15 minute rapid test, test positive, they just give you a box of ivermectin. And that's how they got control, according to these guys, mm. of their COVID-19 problem last year. Yeah. My guy that I was talking to that works, that works for me knew nothing about ivermectin. And like three out of every four people that I talked to don't know anything about ivermectin. He picks up the phone and calls his cousin in Mexico. And his cousin's like, oh, yeah, you take it. And two days later, you're better. Everybody knows. Everybody's taken. So anyway, <clears throat> the other thing about it is, OK, it, one of the other sort of dumb criticisms, like you mean the anti-parasite medicine? Who gives a shit? It's anti-parasite medicine, right? First of all, what does a parasite need to live and propagate? A host. A host. What does a virus need to live and propagate? Same thing. A host. What do they do? Infect. What does the infection cause? Damage. Right? Mm-hmm. How, in fact, I'm, I'd be willing to bet if you look into the medical definitions, a virus qualifies as a parasite. It's an organism that has infected your body and is creating havoc, right? Mm-hmm. But either way. So to me, an anti-parasitic medicine, it makes almost just logical layman's sense that it might help treat a virus right more importantly it not only kills the parasite the biggest thing that it does and the reason that it turned and cured people of what of river blindness and elephantitis Mm -hmm. is that it treats the inflammation caused by the infection the parasitic infection right they actually describe on the rogan rogan show three main mechanisms it will they they show that it is actually stopping propagation of the virus that it's curing the inflammation caused by the damage from the virus. Which and then I think the other one is in your lungs. Exactly. Or yeah. wherever else, but primarily in your lungs. Yeah. yeah. So like, again, the, 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 the things that it does to people physically all check the checks, all the boxes for what this virus does and what you need to be treated for. So anyway, so emergency podcast, he called it. And these guys have been taken off of YouTube and given a strike right and you know to spotify's credit to date despite people at spotify employees at spotify threatening to walk out when they did their hundred million dollar buyout deal they haven't edited anything he said even stuff about the, you know they, they threatened to walk out because of his transgender takes which is simply he doesn't think that a transgender woman should be beating the crap out of an actual woman in a ufc fight oh basically right uh joke of the day chisholm do you know what it takes to succeed in women's athletics these days um having testicles balls 
that's more succinct and, and, and definitely a clever pun. Thanks, I like it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and because and obviously we're referencing the New Zealand power lifter, Laurel, Laurel something, yeah. um, who is going to be allowed to compete in Tokyo with a pair of balls on her. Yep. So there you yep. go. Feminists way to go. Old has gone crazy. Well, so the good thing is, um, Nobody has a bigger platform on the planet than Joe Rogan. Mm. And he put those guys out there. And like I said, if you doubt any of what I'm saying, if you have a family member who thinks you're crazy because you're asking about ivermectin or a listen, doctor, yeah, dude, listen to that conversation. And especially like the last 50 minutes, if you don't have what it takes to sit through three hours of these guys talking about science, I understand. But to me, I, I remember looking down and they were about, that's why, was I, about, have, that's why I have a chism. <laughs> That's right. They were about 45 <laughs> minutes from the end. And um, man, it got hot from there. Um, them talking about uh, the specifics of how ivermectin works, but also the just the incredible, you know, thought control operation that's going on to silence anybody who's talking about this. Uh, dude, it's it's shocking. Um, well, that brings up something up that I wanted to see that or to, to talk about that I saw when I woke up this morning. Um, and I don't know if you have it on the notes. Um, Canada bill C10 is the first thing that comes up here. I believe that's, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it is. So did you see this? I didn't say, we, I didn't even mention that we were going to talk about this, but we have to, um, since we're talking about censorship, but this bill, they passed it at one 30 in the morning last night. Uh, liberals passed bill C10 to regulate social media meaning they're going to start controlling the flow of information and have i think the gist of it was like they mandated to facebook and uh, instagram that they be allowed to control the information that's being put out there in canada yeah um i think the chinese communist party does that mm -hmm. they do they yeah, do it well sure. that's why we don't yeah. know how many millions of people have their bodies burned from COVID in China because they are so adept at controlling the flow of information. And that's where Canada's going. Yeah. Man, Trudeau is a is Trudeau is the devil, man. I guess terrible. He really is. Absolutely. Um, so I wanted to mention that and it's called uh yeah, it's called Bill. I haven't read further into it to fully understand it. I just read the little screen grab you sent me, yeah. but Bill sounds C10. bad. Sounds yeah. terrible and terrifying. Uh, almost as terrifying as this, which I'm going to play for you now, which this was our fearless puppet leader yesterday. Tree of Liberty is not water in the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there never been, if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. The point is that there's always been the ability to limit, rationally limit the type of weapon that can be owned and who can own it. Yeah, I got a lot of issues with all of that. What did you think about that, man? My first thought, my first thought was um, yet another uh, very brief and yet uh, extraordinarily incoherent, you know, rambling bunch of nonsense. Like, hey, the dude can't talk, man. He can't no. communicate a thought. The tree Dementia of dementia is well with the him. Is that Ben Franklin or Thomas Jefferson who has that quote about, I think that's Franklin, right? That the, the tree, tree of, of liberty is watered by the blood Liber of patriots? Right. I, I, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say which one it is. 
No, maybe that one's Jefferson and Franklin's is the one about how the, he who will uh, he w- who would give up liberty in exchange for security will gain neither and lose both. Right. Anyway, they're both great quotes. They are. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the president's kind of threatening, uh, I guess, law abiding gun owners with uh, F-15s and nuclear arms. That's cool. That's cool. That is basically what he said. I saw you posted on Lone Star, on your Lone Star Outdoor Show page this, and I saw one guy who replied, "You know, this is a, this kind of talk threatening threatening the American threatening Americans with that level of firepower is exactly what the Second Amendment was written for." And the next guy replied, "Say it again for the pussies in the back." <laughs> and I don't know why I just love. It. <laughs> oh. Dude. Say it again for the pussies in the back. Every day this man says something so incredi- incredulous, whether it's white supremacy is the <sighs> biggest threat to the homeland, or now he basically says, hey, you want a revolution? We'll just nuke you. We'll come at you with fighter jets. How about that? I like them apples. That's Joe. Dude, it's not quite r- relatedly, but this is uh, hot off the press. While we were sitting here talking, I get a pop-up on my phone from Fox. Biden nominee called for population control to protect the environment. Quote, we must breed fewer consuming humans. Hmm. So there's an article that just dropped Remember on one Fox of our News. first episodes where we talked about population control and what and China's history of that? Huh, sounds a lot like that. Bill Gates's commentary on that in the same conversation where he talked about the need for more well, vaccinations. I, I don't understand, Chisholm. Why, why can't Tracy Stone just- Manning? Like freedom, hmm? what happened to that? It's like, and, and now I feel like in today's society, if you like freedom, if the sight of the American flag doesn't offend you, you're you're either a white supremacist, or you might you mean you might as well be walking around with two heads on your shoulders. It's a, it's insanity. People are. I saw um Macy Macy Gray was that who it was that was calling for the the abolishment of the yeah the u.s flag mm-hmm. yeah because it offends her right the red white and blue offends. you know mm-hmm. living in the most free country in the world offends me you know what mexico will be playing their first two world cup qualifying games in front of empty seats and we've talked about this as far as like italy like some of their club games they play in front of uh, empty stadiums because of their racist chants they make towards black players on opposing teams. Mexico against games, uh, it was against the United States and I believe Honduras or maybe it's Guatemala, insignificant really. But at their two previous home games were chanting a homophobic chant. Uh, I think the term is puto, which means male prostitute in Spanish. And having worked in... I love um, your pronunciation, by the way. Puto, whatever. Uh, you sounded, like, sounded like a gringo saying puto. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the other one, having waited tables and uh, bartended and, and done um, landscaping as well, is pinche maricón, which I think means effing, and then the, the F word, the fag word, this the British cigarette. Yeah. Uh, so I've been around that a lot. But just to, to, to see that they will be playing a World Cup qualifiers in front of empty. You know what? That shit doesn't happen in the United States. We don't play in front of empty stadiums. You know why? Because we don't throw bananas at the black players and we don't make homophobic chants. And yet this lady is so offended by the red, white, and blue that she wants to change the flag. 
Oh, and one of the reasons I read into this into the thought process deeper, she wants to change it because Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C. need to be represented so that the Dems can never lose control of anything. Nice. Mm. So racist, United States of America, you're so racist, but you're yeah. not really. You're the least racist country in the world. That's why people want to come here. Chisholm. That's why they want to come here. Um, all right, I could go on for the rest of the show on that, but let's move on to um, Supreme Court. Another 9-0 resounding thumping this time at the hands of the NCAA. And uh, I'll let you take it and run with this one. Yeah, it was a couple of days ago that I looked at it, but um, I think I guess the long and short of it, uh, God, I, honestly, I'm blanking on it. They, it's like you said, nine to nothing. They ruled that. Hell, dude, what was the basis of it? Well, I, I think <laughs> yeah, essentially I wasn't, that I players wasn't. now can be compensated and make money. That's right. Schools, likeness. yeah, okay, yeah. So, so athletes so, can now yeah. make money. The the NCAA cannot nationwide. Um, through every school with a, with an athletics program mandate that players cannot be compensated. That was considered antitrust. Mm-hmm. Schools can decide not to compensate, uh, and even leagues can bind together at, a, at that smaller league level and choose not to compensate. But the NCAA was barred from making it a nationwide standard. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, what that means is absolutely now it's going to be You've got Dude, to pay there's to gonna be so many lawsuits from previous players suing the NCAA. So many. Like, because yeah. here, like, okay, point. if you're Kevin Durant and you played one year at the University of Texas and then you went on to make your I don't know, half a billion dollar career in salary and um endorsements, what about the backup point guard on that UT team? Or, the, or just take Baylor, who just won the national championship. What about the 10th guy on that roster? Or the kicker on Alabama's you know, string of national championship teams? What, these guys aren't getting those, those lucrative deals. So how do you – I guess my question is, how do you compensate those guys? Because they're not going to get a car sponsorship. They're not going to get paid. So I think, that, I don't know, I, Charles Barkley had an interesting take on it. Uh, he said that it's just going to incite a bunch of jealousy from the guys who aren't getting all that stuff. So I don't know. But but also, you and I believe in capitalism. So I don't know. Yeah. I know I don't want to side with the idea that everyone gets a trophy, but I can see how these other individuals would get butthurt over it. And ultimately, maybe, I'm sure a lot of the previous players are going to be suing the NCAA. Yeah, it seems like that's highly likely. Um, I would almost expect some sort of congressional action to try to bar that um, because otherwise it's going to be chaos. Uh, But then again, the lawyers have uh, all the lobbying power and they'd probably love to have the opportunity to go after the multi-billion dollar enterprise that is the NCAA. Mm. Um, My thoughts on it, I agree. Like, I've always been torn on this. Um, I don't... I... I don't really have a problem with the schools not paying directly mm-hmm. um, because the kids are getting an education and they get to live like kings for however long they're on campus and they get their food, you know, they get fed and they get uh, all the perks, right? Um, one, I will say the problem, the problem I've always had with the NCAA's 
you know, gangster racket is not letting a player uh, profit off of his own name and likeness. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. Like you should be able to make a buck off of your signature, your jersey. And so for them to prevent that, see, I've what I don't like seeing Johnny Manziel come out late, lately and say, oh, yeah, I was signing all those footballs when I was in college for yeah. like three hundred dollars a signature. Right. <laughs> Well, so th- th- that's the other thought I had was like, what does this really change? Because we know damn good and well that the biggest, most prestigious programs in college sports have been doing this shit under the table since. Uh, but I think it's better if they don't have to sweep it under the rug, right? I mean, it's probably it better that, it, that we can at least just be straight about it. I, you yeah. know, part of me says all this does is put even more recruiting power into the hands of the Uber elite. But the top 10 is the t- same top 10 year in and year out, no matter what. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and it has been for 50 years, barring the occasional Boise State or Baylor or whoever that kind of jumps TCU, up into the rankings. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it, it really doesn't change anything because it's been under the table all this time. To your point, now at least it's it's out in the open. Um, yeah. Whatever, dude. Um, good for them. I mean, it, there is something shitty about knowing that these that hundreds of thousands of people are packing into these stadiums to watch these kids play and, you know, they're broke or that a coach gets suspended or fined or a program gets um sanctioned because a coach bought a kid a meal well and to your point on that maybe you know maybe this will actually make it more competitive because i don't care what anybody says we know that the Alabamas and the Texases, dude do you remember when alabama when the news broke that all their players were taking deer antler serum which is basically a, a you don't remember that dude? Uh-uh. Yeah, because they people talked about it for forty eight hours, and then Alabama's super, you know, con, you know their 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 powerful control of ESPN in particular made it go away, dude. It was like the I don't know, oh, uh, name a championship, but late aughts, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their whole they had a whole squad get. There was like proof that they were taking this. You know, you know, have you heard of deer antler serum? Serum. Mm-mm. Okay, well, so you, you obviously being an outdoorsman. Uh, the outdoorsman record know that uh, elk antlers, moose antlers, those are like the fastest growing, um, you know, fastest growing things in the animal kingdom. Right. Can you see my moose antlers on the gun safe back there? Yeah, there you go. I love looking at those. Those things grow faster than any other like body part or organ or anything in the animal kingdom. Cause for those mm-hmm. who don't know deer, all species, and that includes again, moose, elk, whitetail, axis, whatever they shed their antlers every year and they grow them back. And so something like an elk it doesn't it's, grow faster than something I have when Mrs. Smith takes her clothes off. Well, despite your, you know, your, your reasonable <laughs> gift in that area, you're packing what eight and a half, nine inches with those, you know, an elk, an elk rack grows to six foot tall. So yeah. come on. <laughs> Good point. I just, right. I just outed you for having a hog. You uh, outed yourself. <clears throat> um, anyway, why do I know that? Uh, cause you like to show it, I guess. <laughs> Flop it around. We've been on so many elk hunts, uh, or in college. I mean, who didn't just walk around naked, turn around on a, on a trail in the middle of the wilderness at 11 AM and there's a dong hanging out. Um, <laughs> so anyway, they produce, there's a hormone that allows for that growth, basically a, a growth hormone that you can take just like droppers on your tongue and apparently grow muscle from it. And so the whole frigging team got accused of that. And then it just vanished. Right. My point. Mm-hmm. My point was the most powerful dude. Look at what Urban Meyer got away with at Florida, harboring what ended up being a murderous 
psychopath, right? Right. Who's charged as an accessory to murder while he was there, that being Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. The biggest, most powerful schools already literally, literally get away with murder. And then our little alma mater gets almost wiped from the face. SMU, the death penalty that SMU mm-hmm. got. When a small school, hell, Miami's gotten thumped hard. I mean, they're not, they're a powerhouse, but they're a small school and they were not a powerhouse when they came up, you know, during the Jimmy Johnson era, right? Right. When these small upstarts get a foothold and start building a program, they almost always get smacked. Either somebody steals their coach or they end up getting charged with cheating, right? Mm-hmm. I want to say the something. Rich, the rich get richer. Everybody that listens to us knows I've got four daughters. And I'm a Christian. So I am not excusing anything that Art Bryles did at Baylor. He's a son of a bitch. And as far as I'm concerned, he ought to be in jail. So should the police officers that helped him erase criminal records for some of those kids. So should some of the players themselves. Mm -hmm. Of course, Sean Oakman also got completely absolved of all charges, just like, what, a few months ago? Mm -hmm. So, you know, who knows how much of that was legit and how much wasn't. I tend to believe that there was plenty of fire to generate that smoke right yeah so we got what we deserved we're a christian university and we were harboring sexual assault you know <laughs> what would I? we were harboring monsters a bunch, yeah a bunch of guys who were going around doing a bunch of really bad things at a baptist university and so we deserved to go down for that but if anybody in america thinks that every one of the top 15 programs of all time hasn't done the same shit isn't doing the same shit as we speak you're crazy. I remember. Let's, here's another one. One of the kids, the basketball players, just had strippers brought to their rooms, sanctioned by the coaches. When Rick Rick Pitino, well, that's why he's no longer there, by and large. But uh, Montrez Harrell, who plays for the um, the Lakers, was on the Clippers last year. He was known to have been there when the strippers came, and then he was like, "Oh yeah, I'll play at Louisville." <laughs> yeah, a few years ago, a player from Alabama. Um, I think the kid was from Louisiana. Um, he got arrested in Louisiana when he was home for the summer and he had like a car full of guns um, that somehow he was transporting illegally. I'm just going to the deer lease. No big deal. For whatever reason. Oh, he had weed. (laughs) Yeah. He had weed in the car and a bunch of guns. And so he got in trouble for it and they were, it was during, you know, it was right before the season started. So they were doing like conference media days. Right. And so they were at the sec Media days, it was like literally two days before. They started asking Nick Saban about it, and he could not have been more just like dismissive. They were like, So are you gonna suspend him for the year? What and he was like, I, I doubt it. Like what you know, like, he was just like he literally he just gave him the middle finger and said, What y- y'all think I'm gonna take right. this four or five star blue chip and do anything about the fact that he got busted with some guns and some weed? Come on, F you. So so anyway, he this uh, this Supreme Court voting should I mean Strippers for all college athletes now, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, they're going to, they're having them anyway. I guess getting back to that, to wrap that, that up, maybe the fact that you can no longer uh, get away with covering stuff up if you're a superpower means that, you know, smaller schools can compete if they've got the cash. I mean, you know, our university doesn't have the endowment of University of Texas, but it's still like a $3 billion endowment. Right. Yeah. They've got a tremendous budget. So we don't have the same. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it actually will level the playing ground some that 
the superpowers that were already cheating don't also have the added benefit of being able to cover up their cheating and then expose you when you're cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so there's a bright think, side for you. What do you think about Carl? Is his name Carl? What is the guy's name for Oakland? His last name's Nas- Nasib that just came out as openly gay. First uh, player on an active roster. And this isn't a, a spare. I mean, the guy, I think he has like a 30, like a four-year, 30 or $40 million contract. Uh, he signed, he left Tampa Bay, went, and he plays on the Oakland Raiders, well, Las Vegas Raiders now. Then um, this week he came out as openly gay. Thoughts on that? Cool. I don't. I that, great. Do you think that it took um, a lot? Like, do you think it took a lot of courage to do that? Um, and do you, how, how do you think the NFL will respond to that? The players, like, do you think anyone even cares? Dude, I remember that kid from Missouri tried to Michael, do that. The one- Michael Sam's, yeah. Sam's, yeah. yeah. But he did okay. it after the he did it right before the draft, I think. Yeah, and then nobody picked him, and he ended right. up being signed by the Cowboys as a uh, unrestricted free agent. That kid was like defensive player of the year in the SEC. I've never understood yeah. how the SEC defensive player of the year goes undrafted if it's not because they showed He's him gay. like literally like necking with his spinner boyfriend <laughs> do you remember that like there was images they were showing him all night at the draft and he yeah. was there he's dating a swimmer yeah. at missouri um they were a very cute couple anyway uh it's very strange to me that that dude didn't have the talent to make an nfl roster after making being defensive player of the year but maybe yeah. not whatever maybe he just was really good in college um is it brave yeah sure i mean if he's the first ever to do it yeah no it's awesome dude and and you know and i do think that one thing that always shocks me is to realize how young kids in the nfl are now like compared to where i am at 40 right like you spend this kid is 28 and he said that he's been struggling with it since he was 13 right and i i get the sense that um I don't think anybody our age would have given a shit. It surprises me that it took as long as it did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let I me mean, ask you good this. For him, this good for them. I, I hope he doesn't this. get ostracized for it. Yeah, me too. I, I could care less. But what about those players? Because there are people who don't, well, number one, don't agree with that lifestyle. You and I are pretty indifferent to it. Whatever, more power to you. Um, what about the players that, that make, that, that, feel uncomfortable by having uh same sex uh, homosexual in the locker room in a place where everyone's walking around naked you know how those environments are and i'll give you this example you don't let men and women in the military share a locker room so how is this any different let me play the devil's advocate Uh, how do you deal with that kind of stuff so if the dude is respectful and treats it like a workplace and you know never makes anybody never overtly makes anybody uncomfortable by being flirty or or, or whatever or like just you know staring at their junk or or, or whatever i don't know dude whatever right um i i think that everybody should just get over it i'll say this man locker rooms are weird anyway like isn't it kind of weird that like guys will just hang out naked and, you know, and to your, to the point, they bring women in and always have, that's always been a controversy in the, on the media side is that like a female reporter comes in 
you know, there's that scene from Jerry Maguire where she drops the microphone. It's just a bend down and that dude's dongs in her face. Right. That's legit. <laughs> like that happens. There was that one chick I talked about from the not the view, but the other garbage morning show where she was bragging up. You know, this lady was just like drooling over Dirk's Dirk. <laughs> yeah. It's not that being the case. I don't see if it, they're already being gawked at by people in and out of there. They're all specimens, right? I mean, they, they go to the combine and they strip down to their underwear to be basically like gauged like livestock, right? Calling it like super legit what it is, right? Uh, mm-hmm. To me, suck it up. If the dude's not grabbing your ass or trying to make a pass at you, get over it. He's Google. He's oogling you like, I don't and know. He probably, a million he probably came- hasn't because I've never heard anything about this dude making anyone feel uncomfortable up to this point. So I'm sure that he hasn't because he's probably a reasonable guy who knows where the lines are. Right. Like those guys will pose in the body magazine, body issue of, of ESPN, the magazine. Right. And or sports, whichever one. Yeah. Millions of gay guys are oogling their bodies at that point. Right. They like they're getting, they're getting looked at by gay men one way or another. So whether it's in the locker room or elsewhere, who cares? Do you think been moves us closer to just being one sex? Like, because going back to the, why don't you let men and women, share a locker room in the military like there has to be yeah i mean is it different i don't I, I, on that front i don't think it's any different like this guy's attracted to dudes and he's down a locker room with dudes which he likes like oh man wouldn't it have been great in high school if we got to share a locker room with naked girls uh these days if you called yourself a girl you could that's one of the big uh that's been going on for several years now um yeah i mean i i I hear where you're coming from i don't know man like dude's got the same tackle he's the same guy today he was yesterday Mm -hmm. right i mean if he's already been on the team i I don't know we'll see how the guys react to it i'm sure there'll be some guys i'm sure it won't 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 be a big deal at all um yeah i mean to be honest with you I, i i feel like a lot of times that stuff is made a way bigger deal than it is just to drive this narrative stuff you know mm. i you know i mean i've heard players talk about dude we knew so and so you know there's been players that have come out after their career and guys are like i knew something was up you know? right yeah yeah I, I i guess i'll uh i had an associate once um that uh Never mind. <laughs> he doesn't want to go there. All right. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'd like to tell the story, but I, I wouldn't want to. I guess nobody would ever put two and two together on who and how and where. I had an associate once that. There we go. That I. I had a hunch. I appreciate about, your courage. That I had a hunch about, and he wore a wedding ring, and would sort of talk cryptically about home life and. There were plenty of signs. I'll just say that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, finally, I, you know, got the guy to just be open about it. And I never let it bother me a bit. Um, in fact, was willing to just like be very friendly with the person and open with the person and, um, you know, talking the way guys would talk about somebody they find attractive I'd be talking maybe about a lady and he'd be, it got, um, 
apparently a little too far that direction because I got a text one Friday on my way to go deer hunting. And it was like a meme of a, uh, of a party that was inviting the straight dudes to come like let their freak flag freak flag fly. And this was, Mm. this was the same day he had mentioned to me that, uh, he was, he found me, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, that I was, I was distracting to him because thought it was cute so it got it got it got sideways <laughs> yeah and uh we had to have a talk on monday needless to say um to his credit we uh, we acted like adults we we put it to the side and, and and moved on with it but um getting back to You'd that like idea to give you a testosterone shot in your butt i mean i was straight up hit on um after making a pointed effort to befriend the guy and you know what i mean like i was just trying to show i don't care dude and i don't know if that got misconstrued somehow well Um, maybe you took it too far maybe you were being overly like just like we've talked about like now when i go in a 7-eleven am i supposed to say hi to the black guy or am i racist if i don't say hi to him but but which i didn't to see skin color but now you've taught me that i only see skin color and that's the reason that I bring it up in the context of your question, right? Is so this guy's out now. He'll be in the locker room. Either people will treat him weird in order to keep some sort of barrier, or maybe some guys treat him like one of the guys. And at what point is it possible? Because we know how guys can be. And I mean, you know, guys, straight guys, or gay guys, or otherwise, that he begins to, I don't know. I, I don't know the guy, right? But mm. I could see a scenario where he either gets ostracized and that sucks or guys get too friendly with him trying to show that they're not bothered by it and that leads to something they don't appreciate. Like your experience, right? yeah. And then it makes it weird, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. yeah. I don't know. Interesting one to, to uh, contemplate. Um, all I've got left on the run sheet is... Chicago, which I don't know if you saw, but only 55 people were shot there over the weekend. Five died. 55 people were shot there over the weekend, one of which was a uh, 24-year-old Puerto Rican. I don't know if he was from, uh, Puerto Rican descent. They were having a Puerto Rican pride um, demonstration, and he was dragged out of his car. After, on the video, all you see is his, his fiance is laying there on the ground. She's already been shot. He's dragged out and just executed, shot in the head as this guy um, unloads his handgun into the couple. And then, then everybody just walks off and leave him, leaves him there laying there dead in the, in the streets. Did you see the one in Oakland where the chicks got on top of the ambulance and were twerking? Mm-mm. Yeah, look that one up. Um. Man, you know, for Biden to come out yesterday, so the White House is acknowledging this dramatic rise in violent crime. Yeah. After the this after the the, the summer and year of defund the police, and in the most devoutly what is it? Is it called Alcom's Razor. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. that applies here. It, right. They defund they, the they, police. They, they defund the police. They demonize the ones they don't defund. All in the most leftist, most like staunchly and longly held democratic strongholds that's where all of this is happening 
and it's you and I's fault. Well, I don't even own one, but it's your fault for having an AR-15 that 55 people were shot in Chicago. It's like, uh, how about, how about no, let the police do their job. Right. Right. How about, how about like we've talked about, um, maybe do a little bit better job promoting, uh, family values and, and keeping dads around to teach, you know, testosterone fueled young men how to harness their power and, and, and be good people rather than, you know, like BLM's original website saying we're here to, to dismantle the nuclear patriarchy patriarchal fam- patriarchal family or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it, it's, it's a hard one to talk about because we're, we're both white, uh, but there's not a white person in that video. And most of these 55 shootings are, and, and most of the violent crime homicides in America is black on black crime. It's, it's not an opinion. And so again, no. we're saying that we're white. So Anyone listening that doesn't agree with us be like, you're racist for saying that. Well, I mean, statistics aren't racist. So how do you fix that? No, but they think they are, right? That's part right. of that's part of the undermining of the very concept of science, logic, math, and reason, right? Is that because the science, logic, math, and reason points these things out, they themselves are racist. That's Ibram X. Kendi in a nutshell, right? Mm-hmm. If if you if you have a racial disparity, it's racism itself. It's not a problem maybe within that community that we desperately need to figure out how to solve. Right. I, I hate, I I hate talking about it because it feels terrible to say it, but it is reality. And until we confront the reality, we'll never get anywhere. And to your point, the fact that nobody's willing to acknowledge 55 murders in this great city in the course of a weekend, people shot 197 murders so far this year. But all they want to talk about is, is January 6th. Right. Where right, right. A, a collection of unarmed nut jobs, a lot of whom just walked around the Capitol, um, one of whom was shot and killed by the police unarmed. Right. Mm-hmm. That basically didn't hurt anybody. They did some property damage for sure. And they shouldn't have done what they did for sure. And they were out of control for sure. And, you know, he didn't call for it, but Trump definitely wound them up for sure. Mm-hmm. But the fact that that's the most crucial you know, aspect of public safety that this nation faces right now, that and quote white supremacy, when to your point, 50%, I think, right? 50% of all homicides are black on black murders. Mm, yeah. I think it's something yeah, like that. dude. It's, and it's male. And, and, and you talked about family values and fi- BLM saying that we're trying to dismantle the patriarchal uh, family unit is only going to cause more of that, man. That's how these guys, that's, that's why the fathers aren't there. You know, I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me um, whatsoever. And it's the same thing. And violent crimes up in all of those major blue cities where you've defunded the police. 20% in Chicago homicides up 20% so far in 2021 from where they were last year, which I think they were already on the rise last year because of the pandemic and, you know, utter chaos sweeping across the country. Well, they definitely the capital. 2020 like, was a huge increase. Yeah. Again, <laughs> It's hard for me to what you said about the the, the capital de- demonstration riot whatever uh, horrible shouldn't happen. Chisholm's checking his temperature again. <laughs> Still feel like crap. I'm listening. Um, but but in the same breath, they don't condemn what happened in Portland. Was it Portland where they made up the city of Chaz at the city hall? No, oh, Chaz or, was uh, Seattle. Seattle. Por- okay. Portland just had a hundred nights of destruction and mayhem. Yeah. Uh, I, 
like 365 nights because it's still happening every single right, day. Right. So they don't contain any of that. And, and these are government buildings, um, you know, entire police stations burned down. No, that that's fine. Then there's a, a basically nonviolent demonstration at the Capitol. And I'm not condoning it just like you didn't. There's all of it's stupid, but it's OK. This this one was Trump's fault and this one's white supremacy. But these are all fine. And you just can't, you but, just can't have so, it both ways. Yeah. Well, and, and here's a, here's a fallacy. If you remember when the sixth happened, there was lots of people online, you know, bickering back and forth about, oh, you know, you, you were okay with Antifa and BLM burning everything down last summer, but you got a problem with this. And they would respond and say, you know, these two are not, you cannot make a, uh, uh, it's a false comparison. You, you cannot equate the two. I think you can compare them. They're all stupid. None of well, them are condonable. So, so, Right. None of them are condonable, but, but I'll, I will say this in one instance, you had people who were pissed off at the system, destroying the lives and property of private citizens. In most instances, uh, the lives and property of, of black business owners mm -hmm. to make their case and demonstration for systemic change. And in the other situation, you had a group of people who felt like they had been robbed by the system, taking their grievance to the capital where the system lies. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess if you're willing, if, if your position is, well, the, the first is, you know, righteous and just and legitimate. And the second was all built on a fallacy. Okay. Statistically speaking, the first one's kind of built on a fallacy, right? Mm -hmm. um, not to mention Antifa attacks, <laughs> Do you remember when they were attacking the federal courthouse? The Antifa people in Portland, Oregon, were attacking oh, yeah. the federal courthouse. Yeah. They had to vacate it, right? They were banging windows out of it, throwing Molotov cocktails at it. I, got, I work with a guy who lives there, and I asked him about it the other day. Is it as bad as they're saying? Is it, you know, he's like, it's like, you know, it's quite a down sum. Dude lives several miles from downtown Portland, and it was the case a few months back that choppers were routinely flying over and that all night long they could hear screaming and shouting and sirens blaring and blah, blah, blah from a few miles from downtown, like three. Mm -hmm. So the good news is now he can sleep through the night because everything has consolidated down into little pockets, but it's not as though the mayhem hasn't has stopped. It's just not like citywide like it was, I guess. Right. Right. But he specifically said all of their attacks now are on government buildings. Hmm. Oh, cool. So if you have Antifa painted on your, you know, body armor, then you can attack a government building. Um, but if you're a Trump supporter and the Capitol Police open up gates and doors and let you in to walk through velvet ropes and like look around like goofballs. Don't get me wrong. Some of those guys destroyed windows, destroyed Pelosi's sign, stole something. You know, th there were dudes who did property damage right mm -hmm. but if you really look for five seconds you'll see a lot of people just meandering around like holy shit i can't believe they let us in here what's going on right right and now they're all being prosecuted caveat all that one more time by saying they were idiots they shouldn't have done it even when they were let in they shouldn't have done it mm -hmm. but you know it just takes five seconds of weeding through your google searches to find uh, a lot of imagery of, uh, you know what, like black and brown and people of color 
in that crowd, but it was all white people, mm-hmm. right? A lot of Asian folks that aren't down with this leftist agenda that were in that crowd. And yeah. again, one person killed and now Joe Biden is trying to claim that they murdered a cop, which is a blatant and provable and false. It is a, it is a demonstrable lie. He said it two weeks ago in Europe. It's not true. There was I a didn't police even officer. know he said that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, he said that me. they killed a police officer. It's not huh. true. A, a, there was a police a officer attack? who died of a heart attack three days later. That's right. Right. Yeah. Wow. The story initially was that they killed him. Not true. Wasn't ever true. It was proven untrue. That dude, I mean, at the end of the day, we touched on this the other day, but it is abundantly clear that the powers that be in DC right now are legitimately making a, uh, <laughs> a bit, I, I, I've heard a few people mention it and I, I've been kicking it around in my, uh, to, in my own head about how the left loves to project. They project racism on us, even though they're clearly the racists, right? Mm-hmm. And their, their policies are the, are the racist policies that lead to the systemic outcomes they're talking about. They project all these things, right? They're projecting on right-wing, quote, extremists right now that they are insurrectionists. Yet, the deep state and the Democratic Party and the media that serves as their propaganda machine are making them out to be the enemy of the state. And even going so far as to argue on cable news that we should use the powers of the Patriot Act to fight domestic right-wing terrorists the same way we would fight overseas terrorists, right? We've had former military, former high-ranking military officials go on CNN and make that exact case that they should be using the same tactics on domestic terrorism as they they use overseas in terms of monitoring. We know that Obama had an American citizen, you know, neutralized with a drone attack. Now he was overseas and he had joined Al-Qaeda and all that stuff. So you can split hairs on it, but he didn't get due process. Damn sure didn't get due process, right? Right. The biggest problem, of course, is what do you guys call domestic domestic terrorism? You know what is real? You know what a real scary word is? Domestic extremism, I guess. Two words. It's not a domestic extremist. Like if somebody listens to our Second Amendment episode, where we talk about how we might have given up the fight when we started talking about home protection instead of protecting the popular, you know the free state from tyranny. Does that make us extremists? I thought about that yesterday. You know? uh, by their definition, which is not really defined. Sure. I mean, they could, they can make it up as they go. Like they do everything. So else. that's, that's the key to the left, right? From top to bottom, from academia through to their dictators, the key to leftism historically for over a hundred years now has been to use language to control. They deliberately craft their messages, craft their language in such a way as it can be, well, look like what they've done to the definition of racism. The other day, they asked Ibram X. Kendi to define racism in an event that he was speaking at. 
And his response included the word racist three times in his definition of racism. You know, one of the fundamental rules of offering a definition to somebody is that you don't actually use the word you're trying to define to define the word you're trying to define. Yeah. How do you define it with the word you're asking? The word That's in question. Right. It was something about I'm how looking for an answer on what racist systems that provide racist outcomes based on race. Like literally, that's almost verbatim what the guy said. Hmm. Like, okay. Uh, and the, the guy I was listening to was like, they, these people paid to listen to this guy say that. I'm sure they were like, um, I don't understand. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I don't remember if we if we hit on this last week or not. But it seems like every week there's something good coming out of Florida and DeSantis. And um, that dude needs a nickname. Yeah, he really does. I think last time it might have been the preventing boys transgendered from playing with girls in athletics. Uh, I think I think that's what it was last week. So forgive me if we already mentioned this, but this week they are banning critical race theory in public schools. So awesome. I mean, to do that in every state, every red state needs to, to take follow Florida's lead here. Oh, and did you see the, uh, the chaos at that Virginia school board meeting? Uh, I, 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 I know that something happened. I haven't actually oh, like, yeah. watched the video. Or the whatever. school board was trying to basically pass transgender, pro-transgender um, rule uh, rules i guess applying to bathrooms and applying to the teachers the teachers calling the kids by their preferred pronouns and the school board was like uh trying to force this down their throats with the parents were like no we have a say here and two people were arrested it turned violent um i know like people weren't like punching each other in the face but it, it did get a little like physical and i think two yeah two people were arrested but the point of it is that I took away from it was that everywhere in America, the parents need to stand up to the school board and say, F that you are not indoctrinating our kids with your leftist trash. hundred percent. And the and good I news applaud is that those, as we speak, I applaud every one of those parents for doing that. And they and the eventually fabulous, they just yeah. called the meeting and I don't know, you know, they said that the school board will finish it behind closed doors. So ultimately I don't know if they were listening or if the voices will be heard, but, it left an impression on me, one that I think, um, you know. It's happening all over the country, man. And you know that it's having a major impact because the, quote, mainstream media. I'm sorry that I say, quote, 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 unquote, all the time, everybody. The mainstream media, the main, you know, if you're walking through an airport, the channel that's on the TV at the airport all the time, which I think is the only television that that crap is ever on anymore. They are on a full, you know, full defense mode. Uh, you know, they're they're going to war with the attempt. God, I'm 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 falling apart here. The you left is well. the left. The le- I don't feel good. It's getting worse like every minute. The left is scared right now. They are trying like hell to hide the ball and claim that anybody who's talking about critical race theory doesn't know what it is, and that all of these school bo- school boards that are adopting these race curriculums that's not actually critical race theory it doesn't have anything to do with it critical race theory is just a academic framework based out of law to analyze racial impacts 
and that everybody who wants to eliminate critical race theory from schools just wants to not teach about slavery. Mm-hmm. It's nonsense, dude. It's complete and utter garbage. All of the current dogma that is being promoted by the left regarding race has its roots in the work done and the ground laid by critical race theory. So the like they, the thing is, if you read that shit, you know it's garbage and you know it's racist itself and you know it's built on a fallacy and you know it's a bunch of word salad gobbledygook. Y'all read anybody, please read a postmodernist critique. Read a critical theory critique. Read a critical race theory critique. And tell me if any of it makes any effing sense. It's nonsense, dude. They use words like a like a baseball bat and they just bludgeon you with them. And none of it actually, there's not a there's not a logical thread to draw through any of that shit. It's all just designed to confuse the listener and make the make the speaker or the author sound smarter than they are. They're not smart. Mm-mm. The people who espouse this postmodernist garbage shit they're not they're frauds dude they're they're hucksters and so now they're saying because they know if you actually like your cousin your your wife's cousin when you Uh told him critical race theory is racist and he's like no it's not and then he googled and he's like oh shit yes it is yeah if you read it college educated young adult probably 27 years old bongino calls it all the time critical racist theory the racist critical racist theory right if you look at it, you realize, well, this doesn't look good. That's why Obama was so dismissive of it when he went on ABC the other day. He was like, oh, everybody's all worried about critical race theory. Oh, and they should be worried about the economy. As if hey, I'm going to agree of this, with Obama. <laughs> as, all, as if all of this stuff doesn't have its roots in critical race theory. It absolutely has its roots in critical race theory. And thankfully, thank God, people of all colors, all creeds, you know, and all states at this point are stepping up and saying, no, we're not doing this shit anymore. And, you know, mm-hmm. they, they can only try. So that I, I honestly think that it might be the single most important thing that he did as president. Donald Trump putting that phrase out there so that people knew what was happening until it had been spoken outside of Harvard. The average American didn't know it was a thing. I did not know. Nobody knew what critical race theory was 24 months ago. Mm hmm. Other than the people who had been indoctrinated into it and who were subversively undermining every system and every every you know entity uh, institution in the country, you know, in furtherance of it, yeah. he put he 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 spoke it out loud and made it a, a relevant thing that people could then go learn about. And you know, one of the beautiful things this is something Peterson talks about all the time, Doctor Jordan Peterson and. And Rogan, all these people who do these long, incredible podcasts where they talk about Joe Rogan has the biggest show in the history of time. And he has some of the smartest people that you'll ever hear come on and talk about some of the most complex things you can disc- you can discuss. He'll also have comedian friends come on and they'll make, you know, they'll, they'll talk about yeah blowjobs and who knows what for three hours, too. Right. But then he has these brilliant minds on. And people will listen to it for three hours. When for the last, whatever, 50 years, mainstream media has assumed we have a three and a half minute intention span. And so all we've gotten is talking heads, just scratching the surface of complex concepts, right? In furtherance of this BS narratives, because they just assume we're too damn dumb to figure shit out. It's not true. It's just not true at all. So when you unleash on America, the concept of critical race theory, you have people going, 
you know, my kid's been coming home talking some weird shit. I wonder what this is about. Yeah. And guess what? The internet is pretty handy. Punch that shit into DuckDuckGo. Well, which takes me back to that bill that Canada just passed under the cloak of darkness in the middle of the night. Like, why are they passing that? Oh, because it turns out our citizens aren't as stupid as we thought they were. They are willing to go research stuff on the internet. We got to stop that. Yeah. So uh, I think this is a good stopping point. You look like you have a terrible headache and everyone say a prayer for Chisholm and his pending COVID diagnosis, but I'm looking at the silver lining and your uh, immunity is coming up very soon. So uh, for Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for tuning in to episode 36 of Justified Pursuit, and we will see you guys next time. I'm going to go take some ivermectin. Party at 10 To run forever if you never let it end